Welcome to the Energy Change Agents Podcast. I'm your host, Claudio Gaiken. Are you as curious as me about the future of energy? Do you want to learn from passionate innovators with bold plans who are already making our world more sustainable? Then subscribe and connect with like-minded energy professionals in the InnoEnergy community. So, are you ready to get inspired? Hi, and welcome to our first episode on Energy Change Agents. This is Claudio Geiken, your host. Today, we will talk to the founder and CEO of FlexiDAO, Simone Acornero. FlexiDAO is a young and innovative company based in Barcelona, and they are on the way to be the world's first scaled up blockchain application in the energy sector, moving from pilot experimentation to commercial and regulatory viability. Simone started his company almost two and a half years ago, and I have witnessed its growth personally from the first day. Before FlexiDAO, he had a brief stint as an energy management consultant at OpenDomo Services in Barcelona, and later, a longer one, as a project leader at BSOL. He also happens to be an alumnus of the Energy Smart Cities Master's program. He was working on blockchain for his master thesis where the idea of FlexiDAO was born, and the rest, as they say, is history. Simone is driven by the strong belief that the only aspects of the smart grid that can be truly smart are the consumers within it. So, without any further ado, let's begin the podcast. So, welcome Simone to the show. How are you today? Hello Claudio, very well, thanks a lot. Are you uh, having loads and loads of uh, things in the, as, a, as a busy entrepreneur lately? Yeah, now it's uh, it's it's almost summer, so all the all the things need to be closed before people go on holiday. All the customers want to rush. Uh, we're also raising an investment round, so busy times. Yeah, you you would imagine uh, July and August uh, are um, periods where you could relax, but it's not the case, right? No, it's not the case. Also because we have uh, customers across Europe. So then Germany above goes on holiday in July. Spain goes on holiday in August. So it means that we never go on holiday. <laughs> <laughs> lucky you, lucky. You, you. You chose the right career, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. There goes the, there goes the, the, the saying, uh, you either have impact or you have a vacation. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, actually, uh, it's it's funny. Uh, recently, I've been talking quite a bit about the, uh, the topic. Um, that I w- I'd be curious to to know what what you think is. Uh, a lot of millennials um, of our age uh, prefer to to have a good work life balance, and and I, and I always always think that um, with a work life balance, at the end of the day, the impact you can have is is limited um what what do you think is the is the is the right approach to this debate it's a it's a tricky one uh, very honestly like uh, again um very transparently very honestly it's something that i haven't yet fully figured out myself uh, with friends of mine that are not entrepreneur and have like let's say a normal uh, yeah between commas uh, job um, they always ask me and we always talk about whether this is a sustainable lifestyle 
and I think it is for now because it, because it's it, FlexiDAO is ours. We are motivated. We we really want to, to to put all our efforts into it. But I think that I could not spend my entire life working 13, 14 hours a day, taking three or four flights every week. Uh, it, it gets kind of exhausting. What what keeps us going is the motivation, uh, but eventually uh, a, a more balanced work life yeah lifestyle is is definitely needed at least for me at the, at this stage i don't know when this will come i still have a, a, a lot of years to go but eventually i think i will also want to tune it down a little bit yeah so so this motivation comes mainly from uh, also flexidao being your own company or would you say uh, you could have this type of motivation also if it wasn't a startup I think that in the end, it, it's, it's not the startup itself. It's not because we have shares in the company that motivates us. It could be, it really is something that you care about. Uh, it's just like, it, sometimes it's harder to find motivation and to find a purpose within a big corporation. But it could be your side project, it could be volunteering, it could be NGO, it could be an entrepreneurship project inside a big corporate. I mean, as long as something motivates you and you think you have an impact on things that you believe in, I think it's always worthwhile to to to, to really like push the limit also because it doesn't feel like pushing the limit in a way it's like doing sports professional athletes train all the time and nobody complains because doing sports is what makes them happy if being an entrepreneur and right. fighting and having an impact and going around handing leaflets to fight against the single use of plastic is what motivates you i i think you have the right motivation to to push it and not to and to have a lifestyle that the majority of the people would find not healthy when it comes to work and life balance but in the end it's what makes me happy that counts yeah time flies when when you're happy as as they say right yeah <laughs> yeah that's that's pretty cool so now go, going a bit back a second for for users uh, or listeners that don't know anything about flexidal what would you uh, say is is the um, essence of FlexiDAO. So uh, FlexiDAO, we are a software provider for uh, energy retailers and energy companies in general for in the energy sector. Um, starting from energy retailers, uh, who our main target customer uh, with our current business uh, proposition, they have to, energy retailers, they are facing the challenge that they have to completely shift their business model from selling a commodity to selling value-added energy services. So just the, the margins of selling energy and kilowatt hour is getting lower and lower. And therefore, everybody is facing the $1 million question, what will we do on top of selling the kilowatt hour to make our business profitable in, in the next five to 10 years? And this also comes with the wave of digitalization and decentralization and decarbonization that is hitting the, the energy sector. And in all of these, we, we find this context is where FlexiDAO operates. So we are a software provider. We leverage on a new technology uh, such as blockchain to build uh, applications and software solutions as a service to energy retailers to help them unlock new energy services around the kilowatt hour. 
so they, they can increase the customer retention and acquisition and, and make sure that the business survives in the next five to 10 years. Wow. And energy retailers, uh, so do you have a preferred type of retailer or is it um, any retailer? Mm, yeah, but this is not out of my like own personal preferences or ethical or any of this. It's pure market segmentation. So uh, within this context that I that I've just explained, our first product is a platform for uh, uh, real-time renewable energy traceability and uh, corporate social responsibility. So it's a platform that help that allows energy retailers becoming sustainability partners of large industrial corporates. Uh, so this is the, becoming the sustainability partner is the new service that is offered around to enable customer acquisition. And I'm saying all of this because obviously corporate social responsibility is done by large corporates and large uh, in B2B players. And usually large B2B players purchase electricity from large utilities, uh, which are vertically integrated generation and retail, and they have a lot of renewable energy in their portfolio. So this basically creates the segmentation for us. So our target customer are large energy utilities, which with, with large uh, B2B portfolio and with a lot of renewable generation. So Iberdrola, Enel, Acciona, Orsted, these kind of big energy companies. For now, for now. I, I, I think the future is in the small and medium retailers. What, what was the, um, the, the key to get the trust of your first customer? <laughs> That's a tricky one. Uh, the, 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 well, the, the, it's a tricky one because it's the first. So the, the, the second just com comes because the first trusted you, but the first needs to do a leap of faith. Uh, in our case, uh, we were lucky enough to find a company like Axiona that uh, takes the risk of investing in new startups as part of the philosophy and strategy as a, as a, as a group, as a company, they, they like to be first. So there are two kinds of utilities, the ones that sit and wait and they don't adopt anything new and, until it's super proven in the market because they always think they can catch up. Uh, this is, for example, EDF is a, is a, is a clear example of this. They, they're quite open and transparent about this. It's very hard that EDF is a first mover. Um, while Axiona is exactly the opposite. They know that they are smaller, that they need to find new ways to compete, to always be on the cutting edge of every single technology. And they know this comes at a risk, but also at opportunity. So they have uh, processes inside the company that allow them to invest and help uh, young startups when nobody else yet wants to do it. And this is how we got the first trust. Then we, com we successfully completed the pilot with Axiona. And once you have the first name, it's easier to get the second. And then it's a little bit easier to get the third. And it all escalates down. Wow. Yeah, but by the way, um, uh, as a reference, uh, uh, not closely related to what we're discussing here, but uh, still, um, Axiona just launched, uh, I think, a, a wide initiative on electric scooters 
shared electric scooters. Yeah. And I know that initially FlexiDAO's uh, vision, and, and, and I think it still is the, the long-term vision, um, is to be managing um, the flows of energy going toward, going um, to the mobility uh, and uh, the energy. How do you see this development fitting into this large, large term, long-term uh, vision? Uh, yeah. So we we started we started a company indeed with this vision that you that you just explained of the concept of energy community that is now being described more and more by the European Commission in the clean energy package. So the concept of building microgrids uh, in the low voltage network and. Uh, interconnecting prosumers and consumers and creating communities of citizens and of neighbors and to build the IT infrastructure that allows for a continuous flow of data information and money among all of these participants to make sure that they can be self-sustainable while keeping the grid in balance. This was our initial vision of the company. Uh, we had to pivot away from this, so we have to change because uh, we would not make money with this as of now, we believe. And we wanted to have a, a product in the market already to prove that we can deliver. This does not mean that we, that we have abandoned it, as you also said. Um, so the way there, we see it in two ways. Uh, now we are part of an H2020 project, so it's, it's funded by the European Commission. Uh, we are starting in November of this year three pilots, one in Austria, one in Norway, and one in uh, Ireland. And this is all public funded, so there is very little risk for utilities and DSOs. They are very happy to engage, and this is the opportunity for us to develop the technology at a very low risk, because in the meantime, we, all, we have income and revenues from what is the, our main revenue stream. And while building our, our main revenue stream, we also build trust inside these big utilities. We con connected to your, your question before is what it really matters when you sell to B2B companies, the trust inside that they know that they, although you're a startup, you can deliver, you can be trusted and will not disappear five years from now. So we are building this trust with our current product. In the meantime, we are building the technology thanks to public funding. As soon as the product will be more ready than what it is now, we will go to our existing customer and cross-sell uh, a different solution to the same department or a different department based on the trust that we built up on, until then. So this is a little bit the, the roadmap ahead. And and how how long do you think it will take uh, until we have some solid? Uh, so oh, let me back up a, a second. Uh, we 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 have seen now um, over the last two decades an, an exponential growth in renewable energy production. Uh, installation and we will see this growth um, continued and so now is a really exciting time in, in the energy sector where we uh, not only have the need for storage uh, of these technologies but also we have a, a big push and and um, and let's say competitive pricing for electric mobility so also this is going to be exponentially increasing so there will come for sure, a moment in time where vehicle to grid and energy storage 
um, of renewables uh, and the ones that are able to manage all of these um, energy flows um, will be will be crucial. Um, so how, how long do you think it will take and, and what will FlexiDAO's role be? Yeah, um, this is the, uh, the one million dollar question. Uh, <laughs> because you another one million dollar <laughs> we have so many million dollars here <laughs> because the um, so you, we, we, you, you want to know because it's not the, the day that the market is there you're ready you need some a lot of development and testing before then uh, you don't want to wait too long because otherwise competitors will outrun you uh, but you also don't want to start too early because there is no market uh, so in our roadmap, uh, a market will not appear until five years from now, more or less. So the, we see it uh, talking to utilities, uh, we still see it as a very R&D kind of discussion. So what, what it's always, if you have a look at what really keeps awake CEOs at night, it's a customer churn uh, rather than what's happening to electromobility. So uh, we, are, we, are, we are yet, so it's decreasing margin and customers changing a lot, both B2C and B2B. So really now the, the, the main problems that we see is really how can I improve my margins or how can I come up with a new revenue stream to face the fact that my current revenue streams have decreasing margins and how I can I convince my customers to stay with me? These are the main, the, the, the three main focus areas that we see and low, low voltage grid and energy management and microgrids are not necessarily in any of these as of now. It will come for sure. But what we see is this still needs a solid three, four years to happen. This doesn't does not mean that a lot of innovation is already happening, especially in the Benelux area. A lot of DSOs, TSOs uh, in Estonia, in Finland, in Sweden. There's a lot of innovation, a lot of R&D going on. Southern countries, like always, take a little bit longer. Uh, there are some very famous examples in Europe, like an LX that is uh, rolling out a lot of smart chargers. So there are examples. It's just that if you look at the at the numbers and if you look at the different um, studies done by Gartner, done the, the, by the big uh, by the by the big analysts and the big consultancy firms, but also our impression talking to utilities and selling to utilities is that in order to really motivate the CEO and to motivate the C executives, you need to tackle one of these three, a new revenue stream or decrease my margin or help me retain more my customers. These are the three things. If you can solve one of the three things, they really listen to you. Hmm. Yeah, makes sense. But maybe, um, yeah, so I, 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 was, I was thinking. This is the pragmatic answer. Exactly, exactly. So yeah, I, 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 <laughs> I, I, I was thinking you, you sound like a utility CEO, <laughs> not like a startup well, yeah, entrepreneur in this case. 
Yeah, because uh, because now I mean, what ABC the Entrepreneurship One Hundred One is where the where the head of your customer, right? Yeah. Behave like the customer was in the in the meeting room always. Yeah, makes sense. So you see, Flexidal uh, being long long term, um, or, or being really uh, also tied, let's say, to the utilities, right? Now, yes. Uh, in in the future. Also, I mean, we need to rethink a little bit what we mean as utility. Most likely, three, five years from now, the utilities will be municipalities, will be Amazon, will be Google, and IKEA. I think that IKEA five years from now will be selling electricity. Same as Amazon, same as Google, same as uh, municipalities will generate electricity for their own citizens. Hmm, interesting. So, it's a, it's the, the concept of utility. I think is 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 radically changing. I remember also at the community event when last one that we had in in Lisbon that we had a really interesting discussion with EDP. What is the future of a utility? The the the, the, the mere fact that a utility doesn't know itself what it would be its own future it really kind of gives the dimension of the disruption that this sector is going through. Mm. And it's it's companies that have always been used to you have you are you have control over a number of square kilometers. All the people inside this area, it's yours. And now they suddenly have to fight. The market is liberalized. They have to fight over customers. They have to fight over margins. They are new competitors in a completely changing environment, and many of them are really lost. So my bet is that many of them will disappear. New ones will arise, small and medium, uh, based on completely new models. Uh, uh, retailers that act only as IT intermediary, uh, allowing people to buy and sell energy between each other in a completely seamless way. Uh, this most likely is what will happen five years, eight years from now. And I think that's where FlexDAO will play a role. As uh, IT back. I, software provider, IT backend of the new utility of the future, let's say, uh, kind of the power peers uh, kind of style. Mm-hmm. It's it's a, I don't know, it's a company owned by Vattenfall. So it's, this kind of model is, is is growing more and more, and I think it will be the, the main one. But always bearing in mind that I think it's a matter of time that the various Amazon, Google, Apple, Ikea, Walmart will enter. Got it. Now, there's a clear trend with corporate PPAs of all of these companies that are just investing and building their own plants. From there, to have a surplus and be able to become a retailer, it's very close. Alexa or Google Assistant is almost in every house. No, not but almost every house. It's a big... It's a big statement, but they, 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 I mean, the smart home, the smart home market is 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 increasing and is in the it's in the hand of a bunch of companies. So the, the same way that uh, Iberdrola and Eneco and Shell try to put the, the smart meters or smart thermostats in the in the homes, the same way Google and Amazon are trying to do so. So uh, who who is more equipped to win in this? Amazon that has always that has always been about selling to B two C or uh, uh, Shell that was an oil company that doesn't know anything about electricity retail. Hmm. So I mean, it, it, I I honestly think that a lot will change. Hmm. And 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 
go, going back or related to this is so now I understand you're focusing a lot on the retail uh, side of of electricity um, selling. Mm-hmm. What what will be so who will be um, the one that will allow to um, really effectively manage uh, it, it with with algorithms and and in terms of trading and, and this massive complexity between um, when, when electric mobility and, and energy storage are really widely scaled uh, and, and renewables uh, having much more than uh, let's say uh, the current the current percentage of of the share of the electricity production. I I think that the um, so in in the sh- short medium term, uh, grid operators will still be the most important players of the energy sector, and uh, they they will be the ones in charge of making sure that all the all the electricity flows and the lights stay on. So I, I think that that uh, is really that that is a must, uh, and they will be the, the the key players. And there are a lot of studies that show the importance of DSOs uh, in the in the next five to ten years. Then looking forward even further than ten years, uh, if the question is if uh, technology could evolve to an extent where AI and uh, decentralized architectures like for example, like DAO grow to more complex IT systems that are able to manage the grid by themselves. Exactly. Uh, yes, I would say so. I mean, I think that in 10 years from now, considering where we were 10 years ago, uh, it, 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 I, I mean, if somebody claims it, I wouldn't call it crazy, at least. There's a very interesting concept, which is called Nature 2.0. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of it. No, if Na- Nature 2.0. Nature 2.0 okay. is the um, culmination of, no, not culmination, it's, how do you say, it's the kind of collision or final integration of uh, technology and biology merging into one. Um, to to create a more sustainable environment for all, both humans, well, mainly for humans. It's it's a concept of, and it's, it's it's not my main area of expertise, but it's a it's a concept of the growth of AI together with the growth of blockchain enabling DAOs, which by the way is also in our name as a company. Uh, and with the growth of new technologies, biotechnology, 3D printing, that really creates a full synergy between technology and biology uh, to the extent where humans could not even work. And we would just leave out of what technology and biology self-generate for us. Wow. It's, it's, it's a weird, an example, uh, tangible examples would be uh, a DAO in blockchain terminology is a, is a decentralized autonomous organization. So it's a bunch of IT machines that are able to coordinate between each other and take decisions among each other and constitute an organization. 
So imagine, uh, so if I'm telling you the scenario, then tell me how crazy I am to think something like that. <laughs> there uh, elect autonomous vehicles, create a DAO, and they go around to pick up people by itself, paying for the, the paid right. So, but it's, it's a DAO, which can be a limited liable company. You read in Zook in Switzerland, it's possible that a DAO it becomes a limited liable company. So it's a bunch of cars that create an organization that become kind of a humanless Uber without even a CEO. It's a DAO. Oh. It, it, to me, it's not that crazy looking at the pace of technology. Mm. Or, uh, or uh, there's a website uh, that uh, also that uses AI to make art and then sells on the market the pieces of art that it makes. It's paid in cryptocurrencies. So it's basically a, a self-existing website that makes art and sells it and creates value. But it's value that it's owned by a machine. So it can be redistributed to humanity. So I'm saying all of these because then if all these things, we assume that we, we are not crazy visionaries if we think that 10 years from now, 20 years from now, this could be possible. And 20 years from now, it's not even 2050. So we talk about 2050 most of the times, like if like we talk about climate goals for 2050. So thinking of 20 years from now, the technology is not that crazy. But at the same time, this to me doesn't seem so crazy again so thinking that in the future the grid could be autonomous f and self-manage itself I, I don't know if it would be the case but it doesn't sound that crazy to me for sure in the next 10 years now dso's and tso's will go nowhere and will play the most important role in the energy transition bigger than anybody else they are the ones that should push it yeah yeah no because if you think about it I mean, the way the electricity system was designed in the very beginning, being very centralized, having energy flowing uh, from the large scale generation and then being brought to the consumer and then trying to um, uh, just delivering more or less uh, in time with a pretty much predictable consumption. This is a very, very different picture uh, to, to what we're going to see with, with this. Um, very unpredictable uh, shared autonom autonomous uh, mobility um, and, uh, and several other uh, energy consumers uh, distributed and, uh, and also producers distributed and so many different entities and, and players um, that to be managed by, um, by, um, by two or by, by, by some sort of central authority uh without very sophisticated algorithms uh yeah seems seems, seems difficult huh? definitely definitely just imagine i it, the, the only the, the settlement process so like uh, parties agreeing on how much is due to each one and if somebody delivered a little bit different that what it was promised in the market, this is all part of settlement. And before it was done, as you said, in a centralized way among very few parties. If we imagine an energy sector where every single consumer can contribute, it means that now that you have to do this increasing, extremely burdensome settlement process among millions 
ILIA, which is the Belgian TSO, which is one of the most visionary TSO around. Um, also, there's a InnoEnergy startup, uh, Thermovolt, that is um, that, that is working with them in a National 20 project, I believe. They, they are doing very great things in Belgium. Uh, their CEO is a, is a truly visionary. He believes a lot in innovation and IT. And they were the ones we were talking to them and they were saying, we are, we are expecting in five years from now that there will be millions of devices providing flexibility to the grid. And we need to prepare our IT systems for that. Because as of now, we are doing settlements with Excel files. <laughs> and this could be. Then, I'm, I, I, then this, this does not mean that this equal blockchain is the solution to everything. But uh, they, there has to be, everybody's aware that there has to be radical changes in order to make this, make this happen. Mm. And, and as you were saying, the, the transition from a centralized to a decentralized uh, uh, energy sector, of course, it brings many challenges and settlement is one of, the, is one of them, but there are many more. Mm. Like, for example, what would you say? <laughs> well, but from from coordination to cybersecurity to data ownership, uh, there's uh, the, the, to how you create how you create the, the right incentives for everybody to be involved. The the, the different I mean, the, it's, we, we could go we, we really could go we could go endlessly. Yes, all of these in a sector where the main companies. Are, are, are losing margins more and more and more. We've come, we've, we've, we've were in meetings with big utilities telling us that they got to a point where they, they, they'd rather lose customers because they are not making a profit with them. I know this contradicts a little bit what I said at the start that they want to retain customers, but this depends very much on the utility. But I'm just, I'm just stressing a lot that margins are getting lower and lower and lower and lower. Like it's, I remember a famous quote from my uh, KU Loven professor that he was saying that the renewables are, do, are killing themselves. It was, of course, it was a provocation, but they get cheaper and cheaper and cheaper and cheaper and they drive the marginal cost of the entire, electri of the entire electricity market. So it's always getting cheaper. It's a it's it's a continuous fight on who can build the the plant with the cheaper LCOE, and and this is of of course they're running margins for the majority of the players. They've got to a point where they have customers that they cannot even make money with them. They're actually losing money. So I'm saying all of this because decentralization and decarbonization brings challenges for everybody. So now we were focusing more on more high level concepts like settlements, but also most immediate of what is the business case of all of this for, for it to be sustainable in the long term. Yeah, makes total sense. And what do you think, one thing I, I, um, I'm passionate about as well is a, de a developing countries because there are going to be a lot of growth coming uh, there and needed and, um, and it's, it'd be great to have a sustainable system from the start and I'm not sure if you have any operations uh, going on or, or ideas to go uh, actually serve these markets and, and maybe that uh, could be different as business cases compared to, to the European market where, where you're mainly operating, I think. Yeah, um, so the, for us now it's, um, 
it's it's a bit different. Uh, this wait, sorry, let, let me structure my answer a little bit better. So I first of all, I, I believe that um, of course developing countries still have a lot to go. They rely a lot on diesel gen sets, and they they have a very unreliable grid. Uh, recently in Amsterdam, we were uh, we we participated to the uh, Rockstart Accelerator. And we, we, we were a group of six startups, and um, one of them was a Nigerian startup <coughs> called Instant Energy. And uh, the, the founder are from Nigeria, and they were telling us that um, it's been since they were kids and also their grandfathers, there's a, a Nigerian board called Apneba, which everybody screams when the light goes out and then comes back on. When come, everybody come, when the light comes back on, everybody screams up neighbor. And <laughs> it's so in the culture of Nigeria, the fact that the light goes out, that they make cartoons, they, it's, it's popular culture. And, and, and they were saying, it's, still, it's crazy that my grandparents were telling me this, and now my kids have to witness this again. So of course there's a lot there's there's a there's a lot to go, but at the same time, as absurd as, absurd as it sounds, this also represents an opportunity. Like for example, Africa skipped landlines; they went straight to mobile phones. They skipped uh, cash and credit cards. They went straight to mobile payments. So it, it's plenty of peer-to-peer -peer models. Peer-to-peer um, -peer mo payment models for uh, rentals of PV panels, for example, of small microgrids to replace gensets. So it's easier to innovate at a faster pace in countries that are behind because they don't have the infrastructure in place. They don't have to wait for the return on investment of the infrastructure. So uh, in Europe, we can see like. Uh, Countries like Poland, Estonia have the fastest internet of the entire Europe, and it arrived 20 years later than it did in Italy, because Italy invested in an infrastructure that then became outdated. So I think that it will for sure need it will for sure need a lot of work, a lot of investment, but it's also a market that will grow very fast. Uh, India, China, Africa, South America, and so on and so forth. When it comes to FlexiDAO, uh, we are focused where our customers are. So uh, we, are we are working in Chile now because Acciona is in Chile. And uh, we are also moving to other few South American countries, potentially South Africa, but we go where our customers go. So that for us, it going to developing countries, it's it's not our main uh, our main focus. Also, because it, it it's very it's very difficult to sell there. You need you need to be established there to have contacts. It's culturally wise. It, it's it's very different making business in Europe than it is in Asia. That is in Africa, and you just don't just go to Nigeria and you you penetrate the market like nothing. So for now, it's it not absolutely not in our roadmap. Okay, yeah, interesting. And and uh, now some some rapid fire question uh, to to at the end of the interview that you can answer uh, rather quickly. Uh, so 
basically it's um, uh, if you had to mention one role model, somebody you admire in the energy sector, it can be somebody in the past, uh, so somebody who's already not uh, living anymore or, uh, or, or somebody alive, who would you say? In, in the energy sector? Uh, it's a very good question. You here, you you find me. I, I'm never. I've never been one of role models. Uh, very honestly. Hmm. Um, hmm. If it's too difficult to find somebody in the energy sector, then, then maybe you can say some <laughs> entrepreneur. Maybe. It would be very. It would be very difficult for me to 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 tell you an answer to everybody. Very honestly, there are some. I'm also very bad at names. Uh, there's a there's an entrepreneur that I that I that I admire a lot. Is a woman. Is a French entrepreneur uh, that uh, build that that works with refugees. Um, I don't remember. Uh, but she would be one. Now it's really I'm really bad with names and role models and all of that. There's also there's another there's another woman that I, I like a lot what she does, <clears throat> which is um, uh, to, to, trash for tossers, uh, something like that. Basically, she 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 advocates a waste-free life, um, both on social media but also in the products that her startups make. So all these kind of uh, social entrepreneurs that don't look only at revenues uh, and at, at pure numbers and business opportunities, but that look also at the social impacts and at what their their, their business actually creates. Uh, those are the entrepreneurs that I admire the most. Uh, then again, I'm really bad at identifying people very, I look up to. Very laudable. Yeah? And maybe if you can find the names, uh, then uh, we'll share it with, uh, with the audience. I will. And so what is, what is sustainability for you? <laughs> sustainability, I, I think it's, uh, first of all, should be what we all do if we want to still have a planet 30 years from now. But it should be a way of life, of everyday life. What, what, what I dislike the most is people that don't, do anything just because they feel that it's such an irrelevant action that doesn't 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 make sense to do it. This is re this really pisses me off because it, we are we are all about talking empowerment and communities and so on and so forth, and then we are the first one that we cannot even do one small action thinking of a big, bigger picture than just us. So, so sustainability should be being aware that every single action that goes in that direction counts and everybody together we can make an effort then somebody there's the kid that is famous and tries to clean the entire ocean and there's the other person that just by thinking twice you don't throw the end of the secret in the street because then that ends up in in the sewer that ends up in the sea it, it really doesn't take anything to do one more step and put it in the bin that for me should be sustainability and that should be the message that is conveyed. That is not about fancy polar bears that are dying. It's about really us trying to live, respecting the earth, respecting the place where we live, the people around us, and trying to give to our next generation a place which is better than what we are living in. This should be sustainability and this should be reflected in every single action. Sorry, my phone is, is ringing. <laughs> it's a very unfortunate moment. 
Okay. Sorry. So, and, and, and what is the role of uh, innovation for you? What's the role of innovation? Uh, well, innovation is what, what drives everything. Uh, now now I, I might sign a little bit. Um, the, um, again, here, my, my, my very, I'm very bad at names. The famous Israeli writer, Sapiens, Omodeus, uh, him. Uh, capitalism is based on the trust that next year and next 10 years will be better than now. It's a bit on trust that it will grow as society. And growth comes from innovation, comes from science. So really innovation is the machine of our entire economy. With no innovation, we don't grow. And without growth, capitalism is, doesn't exist. <laughs> 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 but there is a, a more societal level, society level kind of um, answer. Um, then what is innovation? I don't know. Sometimes I think it's a super hyped and uh, yeah, super hyped world. Uh, it can be, it can mean anything and everything and nothing. Um, for for us, it's doing things in a different way, trying to to find solutions to problems that nobody else has thought of and try to, yeah, try to do things in a different way. This would be the, the most immediate answer, but I like better the, the, the first one. Yeah, no, no, both, both, both are nice. And, and what is a community for you? A community is, uh, should be uh, a group of people that, live according to the to the to the answer to your first question so what sustainability is so uh, i think that as, as as in these big cities many times we end up alienating ourselves not even knowing who lives in front of us a, a community should 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 not be this should be uh, leaving the, the square on a Sunday morning, should be having products that come close by, uh, like I'm now talking about food mainly, but also clothes, uh, should, should mean really create, creating this kind of community where if I throw, uh, again, at the end of a cigarette in the street, I feel it, I, I, I don't do it because it's, it's, it's my street. It's, it's my community. I don't, I don't, this is, this is what it really should, what it should mean to me that I, I really feel like I belong. I really, I feel like I'm part of it. And every action that I take has an effect on the person next to me. And we can all live in harmony between each other as, as long as we try to be a little bit less selfish. Beautiful. And uh, last but not least, uh, is there a book? that has shaped the way you see the world that you would recommend? Uh, definitely Sapiens uh, helped a lot. Um, that would be, it's very mainstream, so I'm not reinventing the wheel here, but that really impressed me when I read it. Um, Another book that I would say, but that is much more engineering, uh, renewable energy without the, the hot air. 
Hmm. It was recommended to me by our my by our professor Kiyuloven. That was like uh, everybody. His his main theory was like just that people do not realize how hard it is to fully rely on renewable energy. Hmm. And uh, and 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 this book really tries to look at the number and tries to give you a very a, a, a nice picture of the dimension of the challenge that we're trying to face. This, as an engineer, was a, quite an interesting read. It, it's, I think it's quite 20 years old uh, now, the book, 15 years old. Okay. That was a very interesting book. And then, yeah, the, the uh, Sapiens was also very enlightening. Okay. So to, to finalize, uh, if, if, uh, if listeners liked uh, what we were talking about and want to keep in touch with uh, you and FlexiDAO, what's the best way they can do that? Through the community. <laughs> <laughs> so no, but uh, maybe <laughs> no. The, maybe on the LinkedIn, LinkedIn email, uh, through through the community, community events, uh, all 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 of these. I'm more more than welcome. Especially especially LinkedIn, I, I would say is the best option. Okay, so. Then uh, we reached uh, an end of the of the interview. Um, Already, I um, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I I think uh, I think we can we could we could go on forever. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're very good at, at asking questions. It's very interesting. Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm getting uh, all red now. Yeah, uh, true, true. <laughs> thank you, like thank you. It was fun because you you made me think of things that I never thought. <laughs> Especially this last question, the role model and what is sustainability, all these things. It was really, it was, it was, it was nice. Thanks. Cool. No, I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Have a good one. Bye. Thanks a lot, Claudia. Bye bye. Bye bye.